Wood maze. From a long way off, he heard them coming. The sound of wagon wheels rolling over the smooth stones on the disused road was an obvious announcement. So used to the open sounds of wind, little birds, and passing animal life he was, that the gentle rhythm of the carriage's slow ascent was like a bell in silent darkness. A quaver of curiosity roused in him, rippling up through his roots, buried dark and cool in the moist soil. It was rarer to see folk in these parts these days, he mused hazily, though he could not recall the last travelers he had seen. Slowly, he remembered time, what it was, how he had once lived within it. The cool of the morning was beginning to fade as the sun mounted its eternal path through the sky above. Presently, he heard voices off in the distance, gentle conversation filtering up through the leaves and branches of his forest. Once more, something stirred in him, to hear these soft voices speaking idly of things which had no great import. A memory rippled up through the tendrils of his mind, dawning gradually but clearly to him. His mother and sister chatting absently as they prepared supper, their voices filtering through the kitchen window as he lay on his belly on their little porch, watching some ants marching on their way. His little sister had said something which he did not hear, but it had made his mother laugh. The smell of baking bread drifted out on the warm afternoon air, and he couldn't wait to eat a piece. Perhaps at one time he had known loneliness. Yes, he had certainly known it all those years ago, from time to time, as any man does. But... Considering this slowly in his mind, it had been a very long time since he felt lonesome. Loneliness implies a kind of separation, and with each passing year that his roots twined deeper into the earth, the remnant boundary cast by his fading humanity grew more threadbare. It was becoming rarer and rarer that he thought to remember himself. The coolness of rain on his bark those small creatures which huddled amongst his limbs in the chill of winter for shelter, the myriad life which teemed in the soil below him, the sun which fed his very body. He was separate from nothing. The wagon had come to a stop, and the cheerful voices were closer now. He heard the sounds of people finding places to sit, things being unwrapped and prepared. He could discern fragments of speech from time to time. "'What a glorious afternoon,' said Durkey. "'Can you pass the cheese, please, Netcher?' asked Negwin. The green-taken man could not turn his head to look. He hadn't been able to move in centuries. But still, he could see them there, enjoying their simple meal among the ruins of the ancient temple that stood on that wooded hilltop, just as he himself had done many times all those years before.' Alyssa and her company ate in comfortable silence, welcome amongst the fallen lintels and cobbles on which they sat. It felt good to rest in this place, to enjoy the warmth of the afternoon, and the light as it cast down golden and dappled through the autumn leaves. They did not know of the green-taken man, the wood maze, who stood but a stone's throw from them. This being, who now resembled a tree more than the elfin he had once been, did not think to care that they had not noticed him. To be in their presence was enough. Memories passed through him, easy and tranquil, 
like afternoon shadows growing long as the radiance of day reaches its crescendo and then begins to fade. Holding his son's small hand as they walk down through the trees of those very woods one fall afternoon, stopping to sit and share a bright apple, red and sweet, enjoying the good taste together. Feeling warmth in his old hands as he rested in a chair near his hearth, Gazing out the window into the blue deepness of a winter's night while his hound slept soundly at his feet. These memories and others broke the surface of his consciousness as he was reminded of his life so long ago. A little rivulet of music filtered into his ears. One of the people had begun to play a simple melody on a wooden flute. It was Netcher, sounding a traditional Clericon folk tune. Gwarth stood and excused himself from his friends, who lazed in the sun's warmth, contented. I'm going for a short walk, he said. As the song continued, more recollections ebbed up from the shaded days of the green-taken man's past. Dancing with a girl at the summer festival, the night air was warm and humid and fireflies flew lazily about the revelers. The feeling of her warm, welcoming hand as he took it in his placing his other hand at her hip. How his heart had beat while they waited for the band to begin playing, and oh, how they had danced. Everyone had respected his choice to be green-taken, though it was not a decision common to his people. He had lived a good life and was satisfied with the things he had done. He had chosen this place on the hill, near to the temple ruins. Where else could he wish to be? To spend an eternity... He had known this place his whole life, for picnics as a child, hunting rabbits in the winter months, midnight meetings with summer sweethearts, showing his own children the simple beauty of that timeless forest. For hundreds of years, over the course of his slow transformation, the people of his family had come to visit him. His children, of course, and their children, too. Many generations had passed in between, and time had become an irrelevant measurement to him. Though others had come, he could not recall when last he had seen one of his tribe, nor did that fact occur to him to trouble his mind. He gently roused from his reverie to the sound of footfalls drawing closer to him. Though his vision was clouded and he could see little more than shades of light, he discerned a shadow before him in the field of golden afternoon light. Something alighted on one of his outstretched branches. A hand, warm and kind, somehow familiar. Then the visitor spoke, a simple thing, a single word. His name, long forgotten, was reborn to him in a cascade of memories. One word containing the totality of his life before. The green-taken man's ancient heart pulsed with emotion, that part of his soul made manifest, though it was now nearly transmuted to wood and vine and sap. The two stood there for a time, locked in silent communion. Then the visitor's hand fell away, and he heard shuffling footsteps through the fallen leaves growing further from him. Gwarth emerged from the trees and rejoined his companions, sitting down on the tumbled wall of the temple which had once stood there. What a lovely place to stop and rest. Thank you for recommending it, Gwarth, said Alyssa. How did you come to know this hill? asked Negwin, curious. 
the little town we passed through, Trusythe. That is where my ancestors come from, from many, many generations ago. Then it is a fine place you come from, spoke Netcher, who reclined against an ancient column, soaking in the peace of that autumn afternoon. The finest. I said Gwarth, and his heart smiled, and so too did the heart of the green-taken man. If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening!